5: Raider Rage, welcome in the beginning of another edition of the Ben Mather Show. We are in the air everywhere as we talk while you sleepwalk coast to coast, border to border and beyond on the vast and powerful microphones of FSR emanating live from the cosmos hanging out on a little blue marble spinning round and round the Milky Way, the Fox Sports Radio studios, at a secret location in the North Woods. So our lead this hour comes from Lost Wages, Nevada, Sin City. The Raiders. They're not playing very well right now on the field, but it's not about what's going on on the field at all. The Raiders introduced their interim coach, on Wednesday, the special teams coordinator, and NFL lifer, or it well, seems reading his resume there, uh, Rich Basaki will serve the role starting this weekend. The Raiders in week six are in Denver to take on those pesky Broncos in a key AFC West matchup. I say key with a wink and a nod to the Chargers, who are playing very well, and the Chiefs that are not. So John Gruden's departure is still the talk of the town. It's bouncing all over the echo chamber of conversation. This story's still got legs. And it is time now for what has become this week our obligatory John Gruden Mahler monologue. Now, some key developments in the last 24 hours or so since we last spoke, a little less than 24 hours, electronic arts, they're woke. Uh, they are removing John Gruden's name. So you allow your children to play Madden football. They will not be silly by the voice of John Gruden. Uh, they are removing Gruden's name from the NFL uh, you know, mothership of, of video games. here, so The Madden NFL 22, that franchise, the video game company, saying it will replace Gruden with a generic likeness. So I guess they're just going to find a generic avatar, and that will be the new John Gruden. Now, meanwhile... Uh, One person seemingly took the brunt of the anger, the vitriol in this recent news cycle, and it's it's not John Gruden because Gruden's out of the picture right now. It's somebody else, and that would be Raiders owner Mark Davis, who has now been put on blast by the media covering the situation. Now, if you didn't see this, and, and maybe you missed it, so... Now, Mark Davis, at the event where they introduced the interim coach there, Mark Davis was in the building and was asked about John Gruden. And he had accepted Gruden's resignation. Gruden was allowed to coach the game against the Bears, and people are upset by that. Some of the media you know, banging the table, what's going on here? So Gr- Mark Davis asked about the Gruden situation And what he chose, why he chose to do what he did, waiting until Monday. He said, quote, Mark Davis, I have no comment. Ask the NFL. They have all the answers, close quote. And that is what uh, Davis said when asked for more specific information. Now, the NFL talking heads are very upset by that. That comment, I have no comment. Ask the NFL. They have all the answers. Uh, So they've been chastising and lambasting Mark Davis for not speaking out. He is being ridiculed, and the the general belief is that he is a bad leader. He's a bad leader. Uh, He's got no resolve, no accountability, and he is the character from The Wizard of Oz, the cowardly lion, that that is Mark Davis. So let us discuss. Now, are people being a wee? bit too hard on Mark Davis, uh, comparing him to the Cowardly Lion and whatnot. So I'm nodding my head yes on this. So I've got the DNA raffle, Kitty Cat, and Chris Farley, and we'll tie all of these things together into a nice, neat little silver and black package like the Autumn Wind, which is a Raider. So, A, this, these stories attacking Mark Davis, you're, you've got to come up with a story. You've got to come up with an angle. You, you've pretty much already beaten everything around John Gruden down. So, But this is, the term for this is misplaced, misplaced rage. Uh, I understand the mob looking for blood. They want more blood. They're looking for someone else to attack. But uh, John Gruden, since he's not in the picture right now, he doesn't have to talk to the media. At some point, he will. We'll find out who his buddy-buddy is in the media, who he chooses to speak to, but not now. Now is not the time nor the place for that. So Mark Davis, who may be the spawn of Al Davis, but if you thought in the media that this is somehow a carbon copy, then you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. We already knew there's, there's a massive juxtaposition between The father and the son, Al Davis, a self-made man. Guy, whether you like Al or not, he rolled up his sleeves on his white jumpsuit and he got to work. He created the mystique of the silver and black attack. Mark Davis, on the other hand, is what you would classify as a trust fund baby. He won the DNA raffle. The beneficiary of the patriarch, his father, and his labor of love. Now, listen, Mark didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. He just had the right blood. Uh, and, and that's important in these things. And the blood, sweat, and tears, he he has not put that in to the Raiders. This was gifted. And it was gifted to you. When when that happens, you look at these things differently. If, if you look at the the sports franchises that have been passed down to the younger generation, it's one of those things. That seems better in theory than in reality. It's most often agony as opposed to, to ecstasy. And you can go down the list here. I'll give you some examples, right? The sequel is not the same as the, uh, it's is certainly not the equal to what was there before. For example, a George Steinbrenner, badass George Steinbrenner, owner of the Yankees, right? His, his passing years ago, passed the team on to the children. How's that worked out? Eh, well, it so- certainly helped the Red Sox. The Red Sox have had a 20-year run of success, while the Yankees have had, I think they won once in 2009 since, since the glory days of the 90s. Uh, Jim Irsay, we're going to talk more about him later with the Colts. How's that working out? Mike Brown, who took over the Bengals for the, the Pops there, the co-founder, the original coach, Paul Brown. Puka palooza would be that, what that is. Now, part B of this, Mark Davis, who is a lot of things, Mark Davis is a goofball who happens to own an NFL team. And there's a a, a saying that goes back many, many years that every dollar bill is not worth the same. And this goes back to what we were talking about. Mark Davis. He's got old money. The Raiders are old money. Even though he inherited the team and all that, it's old money. It's it's not new money. When Al Davis created the Raiders and, and, and helped build that up, that was new money. Now it's old money. And Going back to ancient times, human beings act differently when they inherit their wealth as opposed to earn their wealth. Now, that being said, Mark Davis is a different breed of kitty cat He's a different kitty cat. Uh, certainly not frivolous. Uh, what we know about Mark Davis, he, he drives a 1997 Dodge Caravan and I, occasionally a Mini Cooper. He gets a five dollar bowl haircut. Looks terrible. He dines at PF Changs daily, and he loves Hooters. He lo- <laughs> that's what he loves. I mean, what? What? He uh, last I heard, he used a flip phone, a Nokia flip phone from. Almost 20 years ago. I don't know if that's still true or not. Uh, but those are the things we know about Mark Davis. So he inherited the team. He's not, even though he's a trust fund guy because he didn't build the Raiders up, he just was given the Raiders, the, the media are like, well, we, we need to have something from Mark Davis. We need him to come out here and be a leader not be a cowardly lion. Really? What led you to believe that Mark Davis was going to do that? Now, the last word here. So the kid who owns the Raiders, the spawn of Al, in the eyes of, of apparently he's, he's on par with Tony Robbins or Dave Ramsey or, hell, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King uh, as a public speaker, unless he's not. And really, when you think of this from the Raiders' side and Mark Davis' side, the pros outweigh the cons in not talking. Right? you get got to weigh everything. And there's a great quote from Mark Twain that sums this up. It is better to keep your mouth closed and let people think and write nasty things online that you are a fool than to uh, open up your mouth there and remove all doubt. And so am am I being mean here to Mark Davis? To me, he is not the most articulate human being. Uh, I would put him in the inarticulate category. He often suffers from foot and mouth disease the few times that he speaks. Uh, Watching him in the public sector, it is as enjoyable as uh, stepping on a rake Uh, It's the same thing, and we can debate whether he's got good business acumen or not. Certainly, the Raider franchise is worth a hell of a lot more now because of the state of Nevada handing over everything the the Raiders could possibly want with the stadium and all that, just an amazing gift, as opposed to if the team had stayed in Oakland. Now, nevertheless, uh, Mark Davis actually said a lot while saying nothing. So let me explain what I mean by that. He said a lot by saying nothing. When he said, I have no comment, ask the NFL, they have all the answers. He was explaining to you that the NFL's the one that's calling the shots here. And I'm, even though I own the team and I'm part of a bigger mafioso outfit here, but Mark Davis also, he's a real life version of the iconic defining Chris Farley character. Tommy boy, right? He's uh, Mark Davis is like the slow witted kind of clumsy guy. He went to college for a while. His father, big Al Davis owned the NFL team. And then Mark arrived back home there and he finds out that he had a job with the Raiders. And then when, you know, Al Davis passes away, he inherits the Raiders and teams going near bankrupt, right? In Oakland, they're having problems and it could go under. He's got to save the team there. And uh, now they've got a different set of problems with John Gruden and so Mark Davis, it, just like in the movie Tommy Boy, you have to go on the road, he brings his trusty right-hand man with him, and they, they have to help save the silver and black attack. And it's a, it's a tremendous comedy drama. Will Mark succeed at saving the company, or will the Raiders move to Sandusky, Ohio? Inquiring minds would like to know. But really, the, the situation with Mark Davis is pretty simple, as we've laid out here. He's not well-spoken, and he also, by by saying no comment, he explained the comment. The comment is, hey, listen, this is not my decision. I'm pretty much saying, if it was up to him, by by his words, it sounded to me like he's saying, hey, I didn't want to do this, but the NFL, you know, they twisted my arm and said, you got to do it. And I, I interpreted that, the way I parsed those words, is that what happened here is the NFL as we suspected on the Friday news dump when they put out that story to try to get the union to back up DeMarie Smith and they used John Gruden, they thought that would be enough to get rid of Gruden as coach of the Raiders, but Mark Davis didn't play ball. And so then the NFL got together after they had their weekend off in the Hamptons, the ownership, the big shots at the commissioner's office. They then got together on a Monday morning and said, okay, all right, hit the, uh, hit the nuclear reactor. Let's go Chernobyl here. And they did, and then that Mark Davis had no choice. He had to get rid of uh, John Gruden at that point over the old emails.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio
1: and the iHeartRadio app.
4: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
0: Mexico will likely have its
4: first female president.
3: And then you have China.
4: And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters.
3: He got his yo-yos to Europe in time.
0: Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Put me in, coach.
5: I am ready to play. Welcome in the beginning of yet another hour of the Ben Maller Show. We are together in the air everywhere as we explore while you snore coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and beyond on the vast and powerful, don't touch, microphones of FSR emanating live from the land. Not Disneyland. It's Radioland, an imaginary place where listeners like yourself dwell in the Magic Radio Box, the Fox Sports Radio Studios at a secret location somewhere in the Northwoods. And so our lead this hour comes from the Wishing Well. We're going to call it the Wishing Well. Now, what is this all about? An old nemesis has returned to Sports Talk Radio. Colin Kaepernick, yes. That's right. He's back. Well, he's not actually back, but his name is back in the sporting news. And if you have been out of the loop here and maybe you missed it, you got things going on in your life. Almost five years ago, almost five years ago, he played his last NFL game. But Colin Kaepernick wants you to know that he is still training feverishly, And he has the hope of returning to the NFL in a pandering interview done with Ebony Magazine. Titled Undeniable Unstoppable, Uh, Colin Kaepernick said that he is up at 5 a.m. training five to six days a week. He said, making sure I am prepared to take a team to the Super Bowl again. Close quote. Colin Kaepernick. So let us discuss the question. Keep it simple. It's sports talk radio. It's not that hard. What do you make of Colin Kaepernick's quote here that he is getting up five to six days a week at five in the morning preparing for an NFL return? So, my observation you've got cheesy romance novel, murderer's row, and doppelganger. And we will combine all of these things together now. Number one. Number one. So as a skeptic, as a skeptical human being, uh, this is likely not true, right? But let's let's approach it for the purposes of this Malamon, like at least at the beginning here, you and I will play make-believe. We will pretend, at least for a second, we will push aside our skeptical beliefs, and we will pretend that. This quote is authentic, that it it's an actual quote from the heart. So taking it at face value, if it is true, and again, we'll give the benefit of the doubt to the story, then Kaepernick looks like a sad, pathetic man, right? Because you, you get him a, you know, five, six days a week at five in the morning, you're going to lead a team to the Super Bowl. What is he, living a cheesy romance novel as a, as a life? Uh, whether you agree or disagree with what happened it happened right it was an abusive relationship we'll call it like this an abusive relationship he was dumped by the nfl and yet here is colin kaepernick based on this quote who is not over his lost love of football still dreaming about returning to the nfl Uh, gets jealous when he thinks about the nfl can imagine his life back playing football likely has all his old NFL stuff around the house there, and he, he's online reading about the NFL. He's, he's got very intense feelings, very intense feelings about uh, pro football and uh, Kaepernick, as, uh, again, the story implies here, uh, supposedly dreaming of returning to the gridiron. Uh, at least that's what the quote uh, says. Now, second thing here, I have a sneaking suspicion that Colin Kaepernick did say what he's attributed to saying, but he's spewing this because his return to the NFL or saying he wants to come back to the NFL is good for his brand. It's good for business. It's not sincere, I don't believe. But now that we've already approached it originally, that oh, there's something to this, let's, let's take it at face value. So I am in the incredulous camp on this one. And I will now provide a skeptical eye for the gullible guy. Uh, so l- let me make my elevator pitch as to why this smells like bull crap. All right. Now, Kaepernick has been very good at monetizing his situation, right? You know, playing the, the, the victim football, the powers that be at the NFL. And the, the NFL's got some messed up things going on there as well. But Kaepernick has done a fine job. He's built a murderer's row of big companies like Fortune 500-type companies that are part of his portfolio. He inked a deal, a book deal, for just over $1 million with a big publishing arm, Random House. Netflix, does it get any bigger than Netflix, inked a big uh, deal. In fact, I think that's why Kaepernick, I believe that's why he did this interview to promote one of the Netflix programs. Uh, Also, there's the side hustle with Disney for Buco Bucks as well. He's also kept the Nike endorsement money coming in even though he hasn't been a football player in 5 years. These business deals are based on the fact that Colin Kaepernick was not allowed to play in the NFL, but he wanted to play in the NFL and he's been, you know, his football career has been oppressed from playing in the NFL. So in order to keep the charade going, you have to continue to say, "Oh yeah, I want to come back and play. I, 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 I'm getting ready. I'm getting out there before the sun comes up, and I'm running around, and I'm, I'm ready to play." Right? It, it's the same thinking back in 2019, November of 2019, before the world shut down, when the NFL had set up a workout. Remember this? And a workout in Atlanta for Colin Kaepernick, and they had representatives from all 32 teams that were invited to attend. And at the very last second, right, 11th hour, but really more than that, like the last second of the last hour, Kaepernick backed out. You can look it up. I'm not making it up. On the day of the workout, he opted not to take part, and he claimed he had some fugazi excuse about why he didn't want to do it. He didn't trust the NFL or this, that, and the other thing. And so the theory is, the working theory is, if he had worked out and not looked good uh, from – all those NFL scouts that that would have that would have hurt the story, right? If the story is Kaepernick wants to play, he worked out and didn't look good. That's why he's not playing. Well, that ruins the story. But by not working out in front of the scouts, then you can keep that alive. And here we are at another point in the t- in the story where uh, you know, the Kaepernick persona—he's he's got some uh, Netflix thing that's out now, some other things that he's been working on there. And so you got to keep your name out, get your name, get a little promotion, idiots like me, uh, start talking about us. But but again, I mean, what do I know? I'm just uh, the overnight guy here uh, at FSR. Now, final point. So in a world that is not dependent on uh, being the victim, you would say if you wanted a job and no one would hire you at that job, you had the job, but nobody wanted you anymore, and all of the, the businesses in that sector said, we don't want you, that what most people would advise that person to do is move on. You evolve, you grow, you find something else to do, and you don't hang on to that. But this is something that I think we can all agree on. Right? If you're trying to get a job and the the job's not there, even if you had the job before, there's a great big world out there. Right? Kaepernick has rarely been seen or heard, despite all these big companies that have uh, given him a lot of money to endorse or be partner with their products. And he continues to be a firebrand. Right? The mere mention of Kaepernick's name ignites raw emotion. Right? Proponents treat Colin Kaepernick like an archangel. They protect him like a child, a, a false god, a deity. Now, the opposite camp believes that he is just an opportunistic, revolutionary troublemaker, and his 15 minutes of fame are up. But whatever side of the aisle you you happen to fall on, the fact that Kaepernick is still being quoted as saying that he thinks that the NFL door is going to open up. Again, I think it's not authentic. I think he is using this because he wants to have that as the message because then the money keeps coming in. But if he is being real again, not healthy, right? And there are multiple reasons. He, the man sued the NFL took hush money to go away in undisclosed settlement. Now, we don't know how much money Kaepernick got. There are some that say he got a lot of money. There's other people that say he got pennies on the dollar by the time he ended up having to pay the attorneys, the billable hours and all that. But just from a pure football standpoint, Kaepernick is 33 years old. His birthday is in early November. He's about to turn 34, so... He's past his athletic primes. What about Tom Brady? Yeah, that's uh, that's the unicorn. That's the exception to the rule, which does not uh, negate the rule. And if he's not doing this because of ulterior motives, Kaepernick, then I have to say that he's got a doppelganger. His doppelganger is Al Bundy. That's his alter ego, right? Uh, uh, cut from the same cloth. Polk High School legend, glory days. Uh, remember Al Bundy, the great... Fox character from back in the day, Ed O'Neill, born loser, constantly lamenting his lot in life and all that. But man, five in the morning. Maybe he just wants to be in, like, Mr. Universe or something like that. If you work out five or six days a week and you're, you're lifting weights and all that and you're not a professional athlete, which Kaepernick is not, he's not a professional athlete at this point, uh, you should enter some strongman competition. That's, you make money doing that. There's, there's money to be made in that world.
6: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
0: He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan and We have a brand-new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan.
6: Every week we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup sits,
0: starts fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Buyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled.
7: Coop-da-loop. So there are reports out there that the uh, 76ers are looking to add another uh, superstar guard to their team, and... Uh, Good old Stephen A. is certain that Daryl Morey is lurking and wants to get his hands on James Harden. Ben, the beard is a free agent after this season. Any chance he ends up in Philly? Uh,
5: Yeah, I'm going to go absolutely. Listen, James Harden is a basketball player of fortune. If he was going to stay anywhere, it would have been Houston. I know he didn't start in Houston, but that was where he became a megastar and he's got a huge cheerleader in Daryl Morey. Everyone wants to go to a place where they have a good team, not a great team, a good team, and the boss loves you. And so we know that Morey worships Harden, would never have traded in James Harden. So it would seem the beard is is going to go down the vagabond life here. He's already been to Oklahoma, Houston, now Brooklyn. Brooklyn's not going to be the last stop. and And Philly... See, the, the one problem for Philly is like a B-level city for the ballet. They've got cheerleaders and Delilahs and places like that, but there are other cities that are are more bodacious with the ballet, and James Harden loves that baller lifestyle. He likes the touchy-feely benefits of that champagne and glitter.
7: Next! Uh, Tony La Russa revealed on Monday that he once shared an idea to eliminate sign stealing when he was working in the commissioner's office. He wanted the runner on second base to face center field while the catcher is putting down the uh-huh. sign, then turn back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ben, do you think LaRusso was being serious about this suggestion? He uh, was serious. There was a lot of malt,
5: wick- malt liquor that was being consumed here, but I uh, know. Listen, you- you're never you're never supposed to turn your back on the pitcher and the catcher. Why not pass out blindfolds and have robotic, <laughs> automatic you know, slide down, slide up, and the umpires can hit a button. Okay, sign stealing is part of baseball, but the Astros did using buzzers and trash cans and all kinds of you know, earpieces, all the other stuff that they're alleged to have used. The contraband, that's the problem. But there's signs for a reason. you got to
7: hide them, but you can't be using that kind of technology. Next! Mike Tyson said that... Uh Wilder versus Fury over the weekend will go down as one of the greatest fights ever and that both fighters have reached all-time great status. Ben, is Iron Mike right or is he being a prisoner of the moment? No,
5: he's been hanging out too much with the sticky, icky Koopa Loop there. Yeah, Mike, he's been mellowed out. He's a lover. He's not a fighter. Every he's Mr. Positive. He wants to hug everyone. Listen, those fights were good, but unless I'm mistaken, Deontay Wilder didn't beat, didn't win one of the fights. That's a win for me. That's a win.
6: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. It's now time for... Time, time, time for... Well, hurry, hurry, I can hardly wait. Ask Ben. Twitter. Send us your questions on Twitter now.
5: And away we go. A shot in the arm. Ask ben. Your questions are answers for the rest of the hour. And we pass the microphone over to the Koopa Loop for the reading of the questions. And he will be shoplifting questions from Twitter and reading them on the air here.
7: All right, Ben, uh, we're going to start with a question. It's kind of a two part question. All right. Because most of it can only be answered by uh, by the crew and not you. Good. Uh, Alf the Alien Opiner would like to know uh ben when will you i don't even know if he, if this is true that you'd never have but he says when will ben finally try bacon and then the the rest of the question for all of us is do we prefer our bacon crispy or chewy yeah so, so i have eaten turkey bacon which i'm told is not real bacon that it has to be swine
5: to be real bacon but i have eaten turkey bacon and i like i like crunch uh but you know it's one of those things alf it's like the coffee thing that I've gone my entire life working pretty much overnights, and I've never had a cup of coffee, and I can't have a cup of coffee now because it's a conversation starter. And the, the bacon thing, I've gone this far. You know, my my older brother eats bacon all the time, but I don't I don't do it. I, uh, Eddie, you want to uh, answer the second part of that? I guess if my choices are crispy
3: or chewy, is that what it was, Coop?
7: Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, I would probably go a little
5: more crispy. I guess I. I, I like the kind of the in between there, right? A little like a little crispy, but not like where you bite into it and it just shatters. Um Agreed, so yeah. kind of a there's kind of in between if if you know what I mean. Eddie, that's a Kyrie Irving answer. <laughs> uh, I'm just, just being honest. Give a Kyrie answer. What a diplomat. Slightly crispy. You don't want to offend chewy. the bacon gods, Eddie. Oh god, bacon's so good.
7: Yeah, it's so good. Crispy all the way. Crispy. crispy. All right. Chewy nah. Yeah, I want to get a beef jerky or something. You know, I I mean, I'm going to have to kind of go with Eddie on this one. Oh uh, yeah. You you need a little bit of that like fatty chewiness in there. It can't be just pure crispiness. No,
5: no. You have to pick a team, Coop. You can't you can be on the crispy no, team no, or no, the Eddie's team. right. You can't Eddie's be the right. There's not three teams. There's only two teams. It's not that's just the way it works. All right, next. What do we got? Let's move keep it moving here. What do we have?
7: All right, We're this question ask. is uh for everybody. This is from Andrew in Fremont. Andrew, hi Andrew. He said, "Since it's October and it's a spooky, scary month, yes. What is your biggest fear?
5: Uh, my biggest fear is the gremlins attacking my equipment again. That's my biggest fear. No, I don't. I don't have any. Anyway, any fears for for Halloween? Are you scared? Are you spooked? Halloween fears? goblins?
7: No. no it just was, says biggest fear in, in general. Oh, biggest fear.
5: I don't know. I guess walking around in my." Being naked somewhere in public—that would be a—that would be pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> uh, I I am uh, terrified of drowning. Yeah,
7: I but mean I'm sure most you, people are. You don't anti- know you're drowning, drowning but... until you've drowned, right? Isn't that the way that works? No, I mean but you can have the uh, you know. So so is that so like swimming in the ocean? Is that not like a a thing for you? Like oh no. No, no, no. I mean.
5: What about a pool? Are you going to a swimming yeah, pool? Go into a pool? Yeah, I'll going to a pool. You're okay with a pool, but not Yeah, I just, I don't know. It just I had a, almost
1: drowned when I was a kid, so I have scars, I so guess. So that was a
5: traumatic incident, and yeah. here, is it an older person? It still still there, you. still there. I got you. Roberto, is anything that scares my you? My biggest
7: fear is the Dodgers losing tonight. That's my biggest fear. They have to win. Because everyone's on my baseball season. Nah, nah, nah.
5: You want me to put the whammy on the Giants? And I can't jump at the football season because the Raiders are going downhill right now. If you want, Roberto, I'll put the whammy on the Giants because we're you know, Eddie won't do it. So Nah, no okay. whammy. Okay. No whammy needed. No, yeah, no don't whammy needed. It.
7: Okay. Cool. I'm gonna list two here. Uh okay. The first <laughs> the first one, you know, like whatever. It's, it's spiders. Spiders freak me out. Can't stand spiders. Spider Man. But uh, Spider-Man. as far as like like biggest fear, like where I I can barely even watch like videos like this. Um, I don't know if it would just be considered claustrophobia or if it's more like specific than that, but like crawling into a tight space to where you can't even turn around. The only way out is to like back up. That gives me anxiety. I, I watch these videos where people go into like they go spelunking into caves and they like shimmy through this like crevice in the rock and uh, it just makes like me want to throw up. I don't like that either. Yeah. Well,
5: uh, have you ever had an MRI?
7: I have, um, but it was on my leg. So, <laughs> oh, that doesn't really count. Yeah, <laughs>
5: yeah. I had I had an MRI when I had my
7: gallbladder out, and that was.
5: Uh, yeah. I mean, I was okay with it, but because I knew, I figured they knew what they were doing. To get out
7: of! About being stuck in an elevator for a few hours. That, I've been stuck in an elevator uh, before. Yeah, that's that was, not too bad because you can move around. Well, what if it's full? yeah, that would that would yeah. stress me out. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
5: I got stuck in an elevator, LAX, and the <laughs> airport fire department had to come uh, rescue really? me. And my, my parents, yeah, we were coming back from New York, and we got stuck in the elevator. Oh, and you were a cow, how old were you? Oh, this was this was well, I don't know. I'm bad with age. I was, I was like, I don't know. I was working in radio, but I wasn't. It was before here. Before oh, okay, okay. okay. Radio, so you
7: weren't like so. a child.
5: No, no. were was the only one
7: in that elevator
5: then. No, it was my my parents. I was in there. Huh. And my younger brother, we were all in there. But, yeah, there was no, like, strangers or anything in there, so it was just us. All right, uh, we'll keep it rolling here. Pause for the cause. Pay some bills, and we will have the rest of Ask Ben all the way up to the top of the hour. Your questions, our answers. It continues next. Be sure to
6: catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
5: The best of the best, which means as good as all the rest. It's Ask Ben. Your questions are answers. And back to Koopa Loop we go. We're not dragging this out. These are good questions. Informative.
7: Knowledgeable. Ben Ryan on Twitter wants to know. Hi Ryan. Ryan Cheney, Ryan in Maine. The great Ryan in Maine. Uh he wants to know uh, so he says a, a TV show comes to life and you are the star. What oh, t- great. what TV show are you living?
5: I'd like to be in The Sopranos. That old show the so- I think that was, really? or, Yeah, or Curb Your Enthusiasm. One of those. I feel two. like one the, the second HBO's one's probably
7: the safer one. Well, yeah. But it's a TV show. You can't really die on a TV show, Coop. Well, but but it comes to life. So so now yeah, so it's yeah. real. But you are the you are the you are yeah. the star. I,
5: I feel like I've lived a lot of like my my wife claims that even though Larry David's playing a character that it that that's I, a lot of the stupid quirky things I have in my life. Uh, so I guess that Eddie. What about you, Eddie? Any TV show, if you could. Live it out in real life. I, I honestly don't watch a ton of TV shows. So. Oh, come on, Eddie. Neither do I. I, I named the two that I watch, used to well, watch. I know it wouldn't be that Squid Game
6: uh, TV show. I, Have I've you seen that? About. Is that
5: any good? I've heard I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. It's great. You guys got to watch it. Coop says we got to watch it. If Coop says you got to watch it. You got to watch it. He said it. The Coop Scoop. People love that Coop Scoop on entertainment. People give giving me a hard time. I got email. I got to give Coop more time.
7: <laughs> want a half an hour,
5: Coop. You want to? You know, I mean, hey, I can do it.
7: Yeah.
5: All right, uh, Roberto. Eddie, Eddie chose not to answer. He pulled the Kyrie. Uh, Say by the bell. Zach oh, Morris. The college years or the original? Yeah, the college years. More fun. Years. Yeah, yeah I still had, kiss Kelly Kapowski. You know, Bob Golick. On. You get to hang out with Bob. Oh, Golick. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's
7: right. <laughs> Bob.
5: Bob worked here, by the way, at Fox Sports Radio wow. back in the day, in the early days of Fox Sports Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Morris.
7: Cool. I would choose the uh, the old HBO show Entourage. Oh, that's a good one. Because yeah. uh, they were living the high life every episode.
5: You'd be skiing yeah. every, every night, man. You'd be skiing. Yeah. Are you Gold. <laughs> <dorm?
7: laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Uh, this one is for uh, everybody. This is from Late Night Drug Tester. Hi, Late Night Drug Tester. Uh, he wants to know, have you ever jumped off the high dive? Oh God, no, no, <laughs> Eddie,
5: no, Roberto, no. I mean, no, really. I thought Roberto back in your
7: younger days, your younger, crazier
5: nah. days, days, when you're all right.
7: Cool. I mean, I've I've jumped off of like uh like a kind of like a cliff kind of like thing. Uh, it wasn't crazy high, but I don't know for some reason at the actual pool, like. When everybody's there, like watching, and I don't know, it just feels—I yeah. don't know—well, no, I, eyes I do on it. you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When
5: I when I grew up, we had a, there was an Olympic like <laughs> an Olympic pool near the house where they did they had the Olympics back in the day, and I walked to the edge one time and I almost pooped my pants. I said, I can't, I can't believe people jump off this thing. It was so high. I still remember that that feeling. I was like, I can't believe it.
4: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Saleha Mosin,
2: and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C.,
4: and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin.
3: And I'm David Gurra. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella,
4: which is a fancy way of saying... A podcast. podcast.